we're going to find Deadpool boxers. Amazon. We're going to find edible Rosie O'Donnell underwear. Amazon. We're going to get an industrial-sized tubo lube. Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. I'm rubbing it. Hey, we're going to find unicorn condoms. Amazon. We're going to find the Colorado Avalanche baseball hat. Amazon. We're going to find Super Bad on Laserdisc. Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. I'm fucking McLovin' it. Hey, we're going to find a lawn dart set. Amazon. We're going to find the Grape Ape bed sheets. Amazon. We're going to find the Chicago Cubs signed baseball and bat set. Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. I'm gloving it. Hey, we're going to find a salt block for my horse. Amazon. We're going to get chicken feed for my chickens. Amazon. We're going to get the limited edition Joe Biden pooper scooper. Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. Aw, I stepped in shit. and approved Doomsday Bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man. Hey, guy. Yo. So, what we're about to do Mm -hmm. is what we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, We will play a movie, Mystery Science Theater style, and uh, Dave and I will, at times, pause and discuss, and then we'll watch the movie. Uh, we try to not talk over the movie necessarily. We try to pause it. Yep. Um, but today, what we're going to be doing is screening the movie 2000 Mules. Yeah. You have the, the cover over there. I do. So this is, I guess, give the details of it. This is a Dinesh D'Souza film. Yeah. So on the very front, it says, uh, they thought we'd never find out they were wrong. Okay. That's kind of like their tagline. Um, I'll read the back of this, and then I'm going to tell a funny story about 2,000 Mules, and then we'll get on to it. Uh, 2,000 Mules tells the never-before-told story of what really happened in the 2020 election. Forget everything you know or think you know about election fraud. 2,000 Mules exposes a massive network of coordinated fraud across all five of the states that decided the election. This fraud was more than sufficient to change the outcome. This film was... I'm sorry, it's hard to read in the dark. Yep. <laughs> uh, this film uses two types of evidence. The first is geotracking, which monitors the cell phone movements of mules or paid criminal traffickers delivering illegal ballots to mail-in drop boxes. It's a new technology used for the first time to bust a very old type of fraud. The second is video evidence obtained from the official surveillance cameras Installed by the states themselves. That's right, the states themselves. 
The film takes you to, to the scene of the crime again and again and again. You can actually watch the criminals at work. Finally, the film decisively answers the most important question. Who really won the 2020 election? This is a movie that documents the biggest heist in American history. Its goals are to reveal how it happened, who did it, and how to make sure that this never happens again. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, the day it came in the mailbox. Okay. Went out to the mailbox. I grabbed it out. I was super excited. Neighbors across the street. Stop me. Hey, how's it going? What you got there? You got a little package package. I'm like, yeah, I got this new movie. I opened it up. I was like, yeah, 2,000 mules. Neighbor, they're both Trump supporters. Okay. Uh, the older man neighbor says, oh, the mules, the drug mules, the cartel and trafficking drugs across Mexico. I'm like, no, 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 not those kind of mules. This is about the election fraud. What are you talking about? I was like, oh, you never heard of Dinesh Souza and the movies he's got? No, no. Can we borrow them? I just got it. Let me watch it first. And then I'm going to go let my buddy watch it, and then I'll let you borrow it. But I will let you borrow Hillary's America, because that's the first one I saw of his. I'll let you borrow that, and then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. So uh, they currently have that. I don't know if they've watched it or not yet. And then once we're done here, I'll bring this to them and let them watch it as well. Yes. But I have enlightened their eyes to the world of Denis D'Souza, yes. who is supposedly a quote-unquote hack, according to one of my Facebook friends. So you posted that you watched the movie on uh-huh. Facebook. So you've yep. you already seen the movie once. I've seen it once, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about mm-hmm. to watch it. Mm-hmm. Me first time, you second time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're going to, you know, we'll probably discuss things. Or it might might just be one of these things where we just let it play and at the end we talk about it. Right, depending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is probably going to infuriate the shit out of me. That's Yes. That's it's, because, so, uh, you not know. Not to spoil it for anyone, but this movie we to me. know how it <laughs> This movie to me is like any Josh Gates film. Oh. You know? I just don't want to waste my time now. So basically, you know I mean? oh, we're going to go on this treasure hunt. We're going to make you think we're going to find something. We're going to, every time we're going to, how many commercials are in this thing? 32. That, that they have to like jump to right. Oh my God, what's this commercial? Yeah. And then you come back and it's. Oh, Josh found a spoon that he dropped out of his pocket. Right, right. Oh, so we did a whole big build-up for absolutely nothing. So, no, I mean, not to that extent. I mean, yes, what right. we see but is at what the we end, see. But we don't like... see the fucking treasure. Well, you you can't expect them to show in the movie, oh, they overturned the election because they didn't. Right. But what I think this is supposed to be a tool to show you how they did it mm-hmm. so that next time we know what they're going to do. They're going to have to change their tactic a little bit yeah. because we're... Going to be watching all these things. The key is, and I was talking about this with some other people when I was, you know, talking about this movie that I haven't seen yet, but I'm promoting the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Is we need to be able to catch them doing this shit not a year and a half later in real time yeah. and exposing it in real time. See, I don't understand why we can't over the turn election now. Like, why can't we do that now? I don't see why we couldn't. With the but you, what you have to have is the right. People in the yeah. right place, prosecutors and senators and Congress people and all this, willing to do it. Right. We may get somewhere after the twenty-two midterm election, if if you can get enough senators and enough Congress people, and fucking, you know, whatever you right. you could very easily get some shit done. Well, Anyways, let's, hope. let's start it. Let's start it. Uh, everybody, you know, 
pause here, get your popcorn, get your, I've got a box of goobers I'm going to eat. I don't have any popcorn, but, uh, you want popcorn? We're going to make popcorn. No, we're going to do that. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're going to start this movie and, uh, you know, you might hear, hear us in five minutes or uh, hour and a half. Yeah. About an hour and a half. Hour and 28 minutes. All right. Yeah. Hour and a half. Here we go. Action. Watch it not work. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. That is a real thing that he really said. Can you go full screen on it? Get rid of that shit on the bottom of it. Isn't it? My boy. The guy just learned, learned about. Sorry, I turned my mic off. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you don't want to hear me chew. Now, that was a reenactment, right? That was with too many angles to be like... Well, there is a lot of angles for some security footage because there is a guy they talked to later that was actually hired to watch the booths or the boxes. I want to meet this guy. Dinesh? Yeah. Start going to a Republican convention. I just want to shake his hand. Every time we vote, we're standing up side by side with the founding fathers, with the men of Valley Forge, with patriots and pioneers throughout our history, with all those who dedicated their lives to making this a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. Elections are the lifeblood of our democracy. They are the mechanism by which the American people choose who is going to rule on their behalf and for their interests and welfare. Without elections, there would be no way for the American people, for us, to exercise our legitimate sway on the future direction of this country. and we are getting some interesting results coming in from those battleground states. If you're a Republican, you say, wow. If you're a Democrat, you say, uh-oh. Do you see Donald Trump is now starting to widen his lead? President Trump now with 54% of the vote. The president right now has the lead in the Keystone State. We're going to have a great night, and we're going to have much more importantly, we're going to have a great four years. The 2020 election haunts the American mind. Here's where it gets really bizarre. At Fulton County, most populous county, it is Atlanta. They just stopped counting. Nevada, meanwhile, has stopped counting votes. They've all stopped counting for the night. Which has never happened in the right, history of This is voting. CNN special nope. live coverage, 10.31 a.m. on the East Coast. Why am I giving you the time? Well, if you managed to sleep last night, things changed. 
You may have gone to bed thinking this election was headed one way, and then you woke up and you saw things were different. Also overnight, Joe Biden pulled ahead in the state of Georgia. Joe Biden takes the lead in Pennsylvania. Okay, we have an announcement to make. Joe Biden has run for president three times, and the third time has turned out to be the charm. One side insists it was the most secure election in U.S. history. Let me begin with one immutable fact. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. It was the cleanest election, the safest election, the most secure election ever run. And make no mistake. You wouldn't have had to... Sorry. By pause. You wouldn't have to come out and say it's the most secure election we've ever had in American history... Unless it was literally the most unsecure election we've ever had in American history. Yep. That's the only reason you would come out and say that. Multiple times. You never heard that when Gore and Bush and all that bullshit and the hanging Mm. chad and, Mm. I mean, you never heard that this was the most secure. Because back then, I I believe there's been cheating at all these fucking elections. Yeah, and they get into that too, actually. But I think this was the most fucking cheating we've ever had in an election mm-hmm. because they had cheated the biggest they had ever done because they needed to they needed to yep. and there's no way that like like i said never in the history of the american politics to my knowledge have they not had the winner the night of election night they've always called it it's been there's been times where they've done it like two or three in the morning right but it's always been called by the next they've morning, never stopped counting no They've never had random ballot drops in the middle of fucking night. None of that shit has ever come up to my knowledge. But, no, as far as I know, it's never yeah. had. I and mean, now all of a sudden, the biggest it's, controversy it's okay in my lifetime in terms of elections was the hanging Chad yeah. bullshit in Florida. In Florida, yep. And yeah, there was some hokey shit there. I'll be yep. honest, but I mean that's it's not even close to what happened here. I no, think. nowhere near. Anyways. Let's let's keep on. I just hit the pause. I, hit the space bar. I think if you just hit space bar, it'll pause it. There has been no evidence of any significant wides or widespread voter fraud. Fucking liar! Say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Period. This same side accuses anyone who disagrees with them of perpetrating a big lie or the big delusion. The big lie keeps getting repeated. The big lie is just that, a big lie. What they did is a big lie Mm -hmm. with their whole most secure. I mean, they they don't spell out what their big lie is they're referring to, but they're blatantly telling everyone in America this is a big lie. Yeah. Well, it doesn't not go hand in hand with everything I've always said. Yeah. They, they, they say, they, they accuse you of what they are. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Yeah. Like, like, you're a racist. But really what they're saying is, I'm a racist. Yep. But I need to project it on you before people figure out that it's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's the most secure election because it's the most non-secure election. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Here we go. We're going to get that little jump, it looks like. And despite the relentless media barrage, the other side remains convinced there was widespread election fraud. 
What I saw was not a secure and transparent election. Poll watchers claim the Travis County Clerk's Office is locking them out. Last night there was a major software glitch that actually delayed the counting of all of the ballots. A look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally changed the voter laws without the permission of their state legislature. There have been numerous attempts to prove election fraud. The van dropping off ballots in the early morning hours of November 4th, eight hours past the deadline. She said her mother was in a nursing home and did not have the mental capacity to vote. We've obtained video tonight that shows a man dropping several ballots into a drop box. Scottsdale woman pleads guilty to casting a ballot in her dead mother's name. Shows a man buying a registration form for an absentee ballot from a voter, giving him, quote, pocket money, unquote, of $200. Yet courts have refused to consider these cases on the merits. The Supreme Court rejecting an effort by Republicans to reverse President-elect Joe Biden's win in Pennsylvania. The Supreme Court has rejected the Texas-led effort to toss out election results. Now that's ridiculous that they would not hear that. Mm-hmm. Yet they're going to allegedly overturn Roe versus Wade. They hear all these other fucking cases that are ridiculous that mm-hmm. don't need to be heard. Not one that will change the fucking course of our country. Right. But they'll hear, you know. Yeah. Oh, well. Fucking retarded. You know, Honey Boo Boo wants to go to the Supreme Court. Let's hear there. Let's hear that. You know, so we got, we got to hear that one because yeah. we're clown world. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. In four key states. Even some Republicans dismiss the idea of systematic fraud and call for us to move on. Fraud did not play a role in the outcome of the election. The election was fair, as fair as we've seen. Uh, We simply did not win the election as Republicans for the presidency. Rather than reject uh, what happened on the 6th, reject the lies about the election, um, and make clear that a, a president who engaged in those activities can never be president again. But we can't move on unless we know the truth. Many other issues arise out of the 2020 election. Did the January 6th protesters go to D.C. to mount an insurrection? It wasn't an insurrection. It was a primal scream. To protect the They wanted their elected leaders to adjudicate the claims of election fraud. The left's claim that this was the most secure election is also the foundation for the widespread censorship on social media of the so-called big lie. This morning, President Trump waking up without his favorite megaphone. You will never again see a tweet from President Trump, but... I bet you that's a lie. What? I I know he's he said he will never go back to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Elon has said he will unban Trump. I have a hard time believing Trump's not going to at least tweet something. Oh yeah, at some point. I, I would he like might him not, but I would like him to just tweet "I'm back, bitches," and nothing else. Or and and do that. Yeah, or something to that similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I would like at the very least just. For that guy to eat his own shit for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. saying he'll never ever. Uh, yeah. And then, you know. Is it a big lie? 
Is it a lie at all? I said exactly what you were thinking when I watched it. Hey, I'm Dinesh D'Souza, and this is Season 1, Episode 1 of my new podcast. I started my podcast in early 2021 to speak the truth. But by simply asking questions about election fraud, you get booted from YouTube and Facebook. My podcast is sponsored by Salem Media, and I knew that other Salem hosts felt my frustration. Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Sebastian Gorka, Charlie Kirk. Love that guy. I'm a big fan of that guy, too. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we feel confident or comfortable that we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I'm agnostic on this question, and I I am awaiting more information. What about you, Eric? I think Dennis is a coward. Uh, (laughs) I think, no, honestly, it's almost funny to me you say you're agnostic. I think most Americans know that we don't know what happened and are not okay with that, by the way. I'm supposed to believe that a man who didn't campaign uh, or campaign from his basement got more votes than the first black president in America? I don't believe it. Charlie, we have crumbs. We have some evidence here and there that the picture is far from complete. Larry, in your race, you were, you were asked straight out, right? Do you believe that the 2020 election was stolen? What was your answer and do you abide by that answer as of right now? My, my answer was that Donald Trump is in Mar-a-Lago and Joe Biden is in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The lawsuits did not succeed. Do, do I believe there was shenanigans? Do I believe there were irregularities? Absolutely, and said so. This is the probably the most loathed president I've ever seen. I thought Richard Nixon was loathed. I thought George W. Bush was loathed because of the Iraq war. I've never seen the level of vitriol against this man every single day. I think there was a study that found 91% of the news of ABC, NBC, CBS, Nightly News against Donald Trump was negative. Dogged by a bogus two and a half year collusion uh, investigation. And then on the eve of the election, this Hunter Biden story drops, which shows that Joe Biden completely lied about his lack of knowledge of what his son was doing, and it was suppressed. And even the CEO of Twitter later on admitted that it was suppressed and shouldn't have been. That alone would have altered the election. You add all that up, my point is, this man is so loath, I wouldn't put it past the Democrats to do virtually anything to make sure he doesn't get another four years. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election. If we were Germans in the 1930s, we'd steal the election from Hitler if we could. If I'm that indoctrinated, of course I can justify it. I think it was Jane Fonda who said that COVID was God's gift to the left, right? It wrecks the empirical positives of the Trump economy, but here's the other. It enables a whole bunch of things on the other side to change the rules of the election. So the point is, in a COVID environment, is it not conceivable that Trump could have lost fair and square? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong and they have little pieces and no one's really put it together. 
They know that there is injustice. They know it in their gut. They know it through the bellwether counties where Donald Trump won almost every single one of the predictive counties that show who's going to be president. And then they also know it where they went to bed thinking Trump was going to have four more years and they woke up with the exact opposite. We have an individual who could fill a stadium with 60,000 supporters in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Vice an individual, you know, the famous photograph of the six empty circles at a Biden rally. We have an incumbent president who received more votes than any other incumbent president in American history, who actually got 10 million more votes than he did four years prior, and who received more support after four years of being called a racist and a white supremacist, more support from the Hispanic and black community than any Republican president since the 1960s. And somehow they say and he lost. he was beaten by a machine politician who couldn't speak clearly, <laughs> who on the campaign stage would confuse his sister with his wife. <laughs> it just stinks. Now, is it possible that the very success of Republicans down ballot, I'm talking about Republicans running for the House, running for the Senate, running for other races, the fact that the Republicans as a party did pretty well, but Trump lost, doesn't that work the other way and undercut the idea that there was systematic fraud? It's an anomaly because if he really, when a president really loses, he has tails, what is it called? Coattails. Coattails. And, and, and the, the down ballots lose. But they won. Why didn't they cheat on all of those? Why didn't they cheat in Virginia with Yunkin? But And who's to say they didn't cheat? Not all attempts at cheating succeed. Uh, you're, you're right. Okay. Another question. In the Republican Party, I, I keep hearing people who seem annoyed at the revisiting of the 2020 election. Their attitude appears to be, let bygones be bygones. Let's just move on. I think the reason that many Republicans are saying let's move on is because bold accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it. And because they know how vulnerable they are and how much they're going to be well, bashed. Well, yeah, you're, you're called a sore loser. Mm-hmm. You're called a conspiracy theorist. The people who say that, let's move forward, are people in the elite who see Donald Trump as an anomaly. You will not win in any district in this country because you have said that that the 2020 election was a fraud. And if they can't win on this issue, then don't use it. Well, it doesn't have to be the only issue, but their, their unwillingness even to speak up about it, I think, is despicable. Show me the proof, and I'll bet you they do speak up, just like I will speak mm-hmm. more. And I'm not running for office. But I have not gone on board of, I know for a fact, this was a fraud. Show me the money. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, the Democrats, they have a history of voter fraud. (laughs) Um, Going back to Tammany Hall in the 19th century, we fast forward to LBJ stealing his first race in Texas. John F. Kennedy, the allegations that he stole the presidency uh, with voter fraud in Texas and in Illinois. They've done it before. I mean, you can have someone who has a criminal record and they're fully capable of robbing a bank, but did they rob the bank? Well, it looks like it. What does our friend Catherine think about all this? Catherine's been a little quiet, but I think that that means that they're working on something. I think that you should uh, give her a call and see what she thinks. Hi, I'm Catherine Engelbrecht, founder and president of True the Vote. Hey, Dinesh, how are you? 
Hey, I'm doing fine. Hey, listen, I'm here with Debbie. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Debbie. You know how crazy it is out there. Um, have you guys been digging into this whole issue of voter fraud? Well, we have been working on something big. It's uh, probably best we don't discuss it over the phone, but can we meet? Smart. <laughs> I wouldn't talk uh, over the phone either. I've been working with uh, Greg Phillips. I don't know if I've ever introduced him to you, but he has a deep background in election intelligence. He's worked projects all over the world. He's a massive 30-year experience. Um, we decided to test a hypothesis, and we went uh, really big. And now uh, we have something that we think you're going to really want to see. So uh, I'll send you the address separately. Now, Greg Phillips, what's your background that uh, prepares you for this kind of work? I've been in and around election intelligence and integrity for about 40 years. We've done investigations literally all over the world. It's a combination of uh, data acquisition, uh, data analysis, uh, occasionally some in-depth data mining. Our ability to uh, draw meaningful conclusions that link the who to the when to the where is significant in the space. Catherine, you started the group called True the Vote in the year 2010. What was your mission or objective? We just didn't have enough volunteers working at the polls in our local elections. So we began by training people to work in the polls. And then as we got further into it, we recognized, wow, some of the problems you see at the polls can be attributed to problems in the voter rolls. Well, what can we do about the voter rolls? And so it turned into something much bigger than we had anticipated. True the Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. So I started True the Vote to ensure that every American voter has an opportunity to participate in elections. I think I became familiar with your work when you gave congressional testimony. Now that was in the year 2014. In fact, I met you through Debbie. And I think what's interesting is that you not only have known Debbie for years, but you trained her. In Absolutely, I was, I was a bilingual poll watcher. Oh yes. So my, my Spanish language came in very handy. I was a poll watcher in Rosenberg and the poll judge was telling this couple that came in, in Spanish, who to vote for. And, of course, she didn't really realize that I knew Spanish, and so there we go. And you busted I, them. I busted them. <laughs> yeah. So, Catherine, when you set up True the Vote, you set it up not so much, it's not a partisan organization. Is that because you saw shenanigans, problems with voting as, as coming out of both parties? Oh, absolutely. Plus, we need parity of parties at the polls. Well, you told me about this remarkable election in which you had vote harvesting and vote trafficking, but it was on behalf of a Republican candidate. Exactly. Uh, in North Carolina, it was unique in that it actually overturned an election. There's going to be a new election in the North Carolina Congressional District engulfed in a scandal over voting fraud. This all centers around allegations that an operative for Harris then hired a team of people to harvest absentee ballots, paying them between 2 and $3 a vote. So you have an activist, the guy's name was McCray Dowless, and he worked for the Bladen Improvement Association, which was a kind of an African-American get voters to the polls, but apparently they were doing all kinds of vote harvesting and he learned the strategy, then he broke with them. 
And he took his services to Mark Harris, a Republican, well, actually a pastor who was running. Correct. And Harris won. He pulled it off. In 40 years of doing this, we've seen this over and over again. Sometimes the schemes are a little bit different. Sometimes it's people out banging on doors, gathering ballots. Sometimes the ballots are sent here, gathered here, deposited there. But the trafficking itself is always the same basic pattern. There's a nonprofit involved somewhere in the middle. There are people that are either collecting those ballots on the one hand or depositing those ballots on the other and getting paid for it. In no case is it is acceptable to be paid for your ballot or to accept some form of remuneration for your ballot. And in no way, in no time, is that legal. I noticed, Catherine, that in the immediate aftermath of the election, when there were a lot of accusations and charges flying around, all reflecting these suspicions that something went deeply wrong, charges of foreign intervention, charges of machines, you and your organization were kind of dead silent. I got the impression that you were looking for a different approach. Given the outliers that were introduced in, in such a major way in 2020, uh, namely the privately funded drop boxes, the mass mail out of ballots, the hypothesis was if you were going to cheat, how might one go about this? That would be provable, trackable, traceable. You said there might be some, let's just call them bad actors, who are delivering ballots systematically and, and, and illicitly to these mail-in drop boxes, and there might be a way to track them and to bust them. We didn't know. We decided we were going to let the data tell the tale, and we collected together a team of highly skilled contractors and put together a plan to see where the data would take us. What, Greg, is geo-tracking? So the idea is to collect the signals that are emitted from your phone. Your cell phone is delivering information to apps that are collecting that ping. So there are four key coordinates, the lat long, the elevation, and the time. And with that data, we can then build a pattern of life around you. So that phone's here right now. Well, where's it going to be at five o'clock? And where's it going to be tonight? Well, here's my cell phone. My, my cell phone is off. Can, you, can I be geo-tracked even with the cell phone being off? Possibly. Depending on the apps. Depending on, on the, the apps, depending That's on what the marketing app. companies do all day, every day. Now, this is the point. We were just at we were at the CBS. Apple store and at CBS, and, yeah. and on both occasions, they knew right. where you Thank were, you. evidently. Absolutely. And they were telling you about specials, yeah. and yeah. The, they were... So people right. have experience of this. There's 300,000 or so apps that... See, that's the weird thing about phones. So now that it's become more apparent that i come here thursday nights as soon as i get in my car it tells me how long it's going to take me to get here it just knows it just knows and Probably like because you've done it yeah and like when i go home from work or to work you ever got in the car on tells a me thursday that. like you, you were like you, normally you would be but you're actually going somewhere else and and it's trying to send you here yeah that's <laughs> funny yeah it's happened See, it's weird well <clears throat> So it's learning patterns. It's just like AI, dude. It, it learns the pattern of you and like, well, he's probably, it's whatever time is the yeah. time he normally leaves, so he must be going there. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Just like it probably on the days you work, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to take you seven minutes to get to work today. <laughs> you know. It's weird, man. That's what it does, though. I know. It and so it, it, it's the exact same thing they're talking about, you know. And how many times have you, we, we talked about something on the air here 
And then you and I both have seen like ads on our phone for oh, that yeah. same shit later in the day, in the day or something. Yeah. And, you know? no, and, and I think everybody, whether you agree with or think Dinesh is a hack or not, mm-hmm. more than likely if you're listening to this, you don't think he's a hack. Right. But everybody can attest to the, yeah, like, you know, I was out wherever and we were talking about some shit that I've never looked up before in my life, you know, uh, think of some crazy thing you would never, ever talked about, looked up or anything. And the next thing you know, I'm scrolling on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And an ad comes up for that thing. And, and, and then you know, everybody's like, well, let's do the test right now. Cat food, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. And next thing you know, uh, you're getting fucking ads for kitty litter or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And literally, both our phones will probably come up with kitty litter later. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us have a fucking cat. Right, right. right. Because it's I said it weird. right here, yep. it'll probably be on there. Yeah. It's weird. All right, go ahead. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. That gather that data, and then they sell it to brokers. Isn't it also true that this geo-tracking has now become a vital tool for the military, for the intelligence agencies, and for law enforcement? Indeed, they're using it almost every day. I'll say that there's no question amongst anyone that I know in the community that many, if not all, of the people that were involved in the situation at the Capitol on January 6th were being tracked previous to January 6th because they already knew what their pattern of life was. They already knew who to look at. Many of the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th left digital footprints that law enforcement has used in making arrests. You're saying they must have known about these people before because some of those guys were arrested one day, three days, five days after January 6th, and that's not enough time to do the geo-tracking analysis. The very idea that you could go from the afternoon of January 6th to acquiring the data, tracking the data, unmask who actually owns that phone, which the government is required to do, and then get it to a grand jury, make an arrest in 72 hours? Impossible. It's, it's, impossible. Not, it's not possible. They had to have been tracking the people in advance. But the fact of the matter is, these techniques are used every single day by law enforcement, the intelligence community, the Department of Defense. Was geo-tracking part of the way that the CIA was able to identify bin Laden? It certainly played a role. It's even more sophisticated today than it was when bin Laden was disposed of. More and more apps are participating in this this program, if you will. The reliability of geo-tracking is not substantially different from the reliability of a fingerprint or the reliability of DNA if it identifies your phone. Now, I could have given my phone to Debbie, but the simple truth of it is my phone was there on this particular date, and there's absolutely no question about that, That's right? Correct. Now, you decided to purchase through these brokers that make this information available to companies. They make it available all, all kinds of places to buy data. Uh, let's talk about the methodology. You identified data in certain places, and by and large you focused on the states where the election was decided. Tell us what are the areas that you bought data for and what were you looking for? And what's the time period? October 1st through the election. In Georgia, we actually bought from October 1st through January 6th after the runoff. So we went in, 
we decided to do the Atlanta metro area because it picks up some rural areas, it picks up some urban areas, it picks up some suburban areas, 309 drop boxes in, in the area. So we thought, okay, well, this is a pretty good test. We, in essence, sort of fenced around those. Geofencing. Geofencing. And then we were able to make purchase of data of people that had been near those drop boxes, but also near the organizations. Across the country, we bought 10 trillion signals. When they give you this data, this data that you then have to go through, what? I want to know how much they spent. I know, dude. 10 trillion signals. uh, We're probably not talking like a dollar per signal. We're probably talking like pennies. But Mm -hmm. still, they're spending a shit ton of money, I would assume. Maybe every signal is only worth like a quarter of a penny, though, too. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're, I mean, they're talking in huge numbers. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're, so you're probably getting maybe in maybe several blips for mm-hmm. you know a penny, and then yeah. or something like that. I, I would be curious to know amounts, though. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just that's just that interests me. And it's crazy because they're only talking about one area in yeah. Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm assuming they're gonna get into all these areas. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What does this data look like? Well it's a massive data transfer. We have more than a petabyte of data. You're talking about transacting hundreds of terabytes, so it's a significant move of data you have 10 trillion signals that's that's a lot of signals so what was the criterion that you set final decision was they had to have been to 10 or more drop boxes meaning unique visits inside of a space and five or more visits to one of the one or more of these organizations those were the outliers it was such an aberrant pattern so what you're saying i mean it seems to me there's no reason for someone to go to even two drop boxes but you're saying that maybe there's a conceivable reason someone did that let's identify a large number of drop boxes and multiple trips and that way we're going to catch not all the offenders right but the worst offenders the way we would describe it is we want to absolutely ensure that we don't have false positives meaning including people that should not have been included we're not in any way saying that this is all there is we're just saying that based on our criteria that we identified in Atlanta 242 people that went to an average of 24 drop boxes in eight organizations during a two-week period. 242 mules. Now let's pause for a second. (laughs) What is a mule? When we started the project, we had to figure out how are we going to describe the individuals and and the elements involved. And to us, it felt a lot like a cartel. It felt a lot like trafficking. It can be trafficking in drugs, trafficking in humans. In this instance, it's ballot trafficking. And so we began to use that vernacular. A mule is, by our definition, a person that is involved in picking up ballots from locations and running them to the drop boxes. So you have the collectors on the one hand, you have the stash houses, which are the the nonprofits, and then you have the the mules that are doing the drops. What do we know about them? Who are they? Well, first let me say, this is not grandma out walking her dog. Bad backgrounds, bad reputations. We've had uh, encounters with several that are, you know, not terribly positive. Violent guys. Can be. 
They are interested in one thing, that's money. Or Do we know, by the way, how much they get paid? According to the people that have shared information with us, it's generally $10 a ballot. In the, in the Georgia runoff, that number was higher. 2020, of course, was the year of the Antifa riots, the BLM riots, and it was all going on in the months and weeks leading up to the election. Right. And so in the data, you have geo-tracking data of the drop boxes, but you also have data on the rioters. There were several different violent BLM Antifa riots in Atlanta. In one of them, we had three dozen of our mules participate in these violent riots. There's an organization that tracks the device IDs across all violent protests around the world. We took a look at our 242 mules in Atlanta, and sure enough, dozens and dozens and dozens of our mules show up on the ACLID databases. So again, this is... Well, what I've learned in 40 minutes of the podcast and uh, 28 minutes of the movie is uh, start not carrying my phone. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. If anyway. you're going to do naughty shit. Yeah. If you're going to go protest or not protest, but uh, go rioting, mm-hmm. don't bring your fucking phone, yeah. <laughs> you morons. Um, but they got to take their selfies and stuff while they're there, you know. And, and who doesn't want to be taking a, a video of what's going down? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I, I walked into a fucking shooting in Chicago and didn't even think once, to, oh, I should film this. Yeah. Until after the fact, I was like, oh, I should have filmed that. But I didn't. Right. But clearly, you know, and I know it's tough and nobody's going to do it. But, well, I mean, I'd say there's like one of a, a thousand people that wouldn't be listening that would might try this is actually starting to, because just turning it off isn't going to work. Right. Like, literally start putting the phone away and doing shit without the phone. Mm-hmm. We're so attached to it. We we don't want to go anywhere or do anything without, you know, God forbid we have to sit and be bored for 15 fucking minutes. Oh, right. no, we get, we'll scroll during that time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we just will. Yeah. It's yeah. hard, dude. And we've been indoctrinated, even though we don't want to. I mean, and you can not have certain apps, and you can do different things to, like, try and block it and all this bullshit. But no matter what, the pinging's there. Oh, yeah. It's You're going to be pinging. So you tracking and listening and all this shit, it exists. Yeah. Unless you go back and get you one of those fucking phones from way back in the day that literally no text, you know, whatever, it doesn't do that shit. It literally just, like, calls. Like a little fucking yeah. old flip little phone flip type phone, thing yeah. or one yeah. of those Nokia little fucking things that are yeah. as big as your thumb that just calls. I and mean, even that actually texted. So I don't even think, like, you're going to have to go to, like, simple. Yeah. Zach but even Morris still, phones. you're getting pings. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time it, your cell phone hits another tower, it's pinging. Right. You know what I mean? So there's no way of getting around it. You mm-hmm. literally put the phone, do, do what Hillary did, take hammer to it. Yeah. I mean, you can put it in a fucking lockbox. I, I, we should do an experiment ourselves and see how long can we go without, like, like we'll say, all right, from... Thursday to Thursday. That's the thing, though. Like, I need it for my job, though. 
you probably need it somewhat for your for job, job and, too, yeah. and wife communication and all this. I wonder if there's a way like we could we figure out a way where we could like do that though. Like, could we go a week without the phone? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it'd like have to we, be after work at home from the time you get home to the time you go to work. Yeah, like can day. can you get home from work at whatever time? And not don't cheat when you're taking a shit, but like literally put it in a fucking drawer and then don't touch it again until well, you're ready to walk out the door in the morning. Could you do it? How quick would you be like I I bet you within the first 30 minutes to an hour at some point you forget and you go to greet for your phone. Just because we're so used to like used to it, seeing yeah, something yeah. on TV or a movie or oh, I got to look that oh fuck I, I can't right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I use mine at home for music. Yeah. You know, doing stuff around the house. No just, music for a yeah, week. I know. I couldn't do it without music. We should try it. Maybe not like, you know, we did 36-hour podcast. Oh, what if we did that there without go. the phone? Yeah. We just, we, we literally will put them in a box while we're here and just don't, we don't fucking look at them. And yeah. by the end of it, we we look at it and we I have 147 texts <laughs> here, you know, whatever. Yeah. Interesting. All right, back to the movie. Oops. We have put together, oh, I no. think, the most... You're at 28 minutes. We know about them. Who are they? Well, first let me say, this is not grandma out walking her dog. Bad background. There's an overlap between people. I mean, you're not going to go to an Antifa riot and find it about overpopulated there? with yeah. patriots or Christians yeah, or Republicans. These are people hit, on generally the far left. Movie over. And turns out that these are people who also help to make up the mule population. I think that's also uh, borne out in our target organizations themselves. They're not like Republican organizations. These are left-wing democratic organizations. Let's zoom in here. So the mule is the delivery man or woman. And, And what you're saying is they have a starting point or multiple starting points, and then they have the end point. And the end point is the Dropbox. That's right. Right? That's right. But you're saying that they're, they, they get the ballots from somewhere, and then they go deposit them in right. multiple Dropboxes. One of the questions that will come up in the work that we've done is, well, how do you know that this wasn't just somebody that's got a big family and they just deposited a bunch of ballots once? Or how do you know that this person didn't just work at a, at a location that over? is near Dropbox and so they're constantly going multiple by Dropbox? And the elements that, that are uh, additive here, the going to the nonprofits, the ability to identify the pattern of approach to a Dropbox and that mm-hmm. it is going not past a Dropbox and on, but directly to a Dropbox and back to another point and then to another Dropbox. All of these things. I mean, isn't the timing significant? If some guy's going to a Dropbox at 2 a.m. in the morning, presumably he's not, like, out for a walk. Right. So we're going to show you a visual, a pattern of life that someone can see and look at rather than just a whole spreadsheet of numbers being able to look at it in this manner. What you see here on the screen is a single person on a single day in Atlanta, Georgia, they went to 28 drop boxes in five organizations in one day. What are the orange dots? Those are drop boxes. And what is the blue tracks? That is a smoothed out pattern of life so that we could take the sort of the movement of the individual cell phone signals, marry them together into something that's visual so that you can see movement on the individual. To get to some of these drop boxes, you had to be intentional. 
You had to get off the highway. You had to go on surface streets. You had to turn in somewhere in order to get to those drop boxes. And the circles, I take it, reflect the nonprofit centers. Are that the places where the ballots originate? The stash houses, where the ballots are collected and handed to the mules to take to the drop boxes. Now let's move over to Arizona. How many mules in Arizona? A little over 200. A little in, over 200. In, in Phoenix alone. The reason I think this is all One very city. significant <laughs> is because these were very close states. Right. What was the margin in Georgia? Uh, Ten or eleven thousand, I think, in the end. In the end. And Arizona also extremely close. Yeah, very close. Um, then you moved on to Wisconsin. But our initial look was in Milwaukee. Gross numbers were a little down, but the average number of visits to the drop boxes was up. So instead of having only 24 unique visits, I think we averaged 28. I mean, maybe Wisconsin. I've heard people in Milwaukee are really hardworking, and That's maybe right. they just went overtime. <laughs> and then let's go to Michigan. Uh, we have more than 500 mules that we've identified in Michigan. Again, the number wow. of boxes is lower. Now, where in Michigan? Uh, Detroit mainly. But we have people in Detroit that went to more than 100 drop boxes. I mean, this is stunning because it's like, I cannot think of a rational, kind of innocent reason for someone to do that. It just doesn't exist. No. So any reasonable person would say, you're onto something big here. You should take a closer look. Let's go to Pennsylvania, critical state. I think it was Pennsylvania that really gave Biden the election. Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules at rates well beyond anything we'd seen. Closer to 50 drop boxes each. Each guy going to 50 each, drop boxes? Each. 1,100. We saw people driving back and forth to New Jersey across the bridge. You're saying the ballots may not even be from Philadelphia or from Pennsylvania. Well, we're saying, we're saying somebody should have You're saying that the origin yeah. point She's appears very to political. be Jersey. <laughs> Now, so running 1,100 mules times 50, we are 50,000 Dropbox visits by the mules alone in Philadelphia or greater Philadelphia area. Now, as you were assessing this data, you had, the two of you, and I'm not sure which of you came up with this, a genius idea in my view. For it was your, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, who else? Well, to validate your data. We chose to look at two murders that were ebbing on cold case status. And in Atlanta, eight-year-old Sequoia Turner was killed by rounds of gunfire shot into a car. It happened just outside this Wendy's parking lot. Bought the data and the team got to work. You could see visually that there were only a handful of unique devices that could possibly have pulled the trigger. So this is the area, and this is where the Wendy's was. And are you saying that each green dot is the same guy, yeah, but moving through time? Each color is one person. The shooting actually occurred right here in, in this parking lot. Sort of inside of this circle are really the only potentially legitimate shooters. Uh, each of these devices has a unique device ID. And we turned the bulk of this information over to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, I read, they've arrested two suspects. They have. Two suspected gang members will Look appear in court this morning on charges that include the shooting death of eight-year-old Sicoria Turner. Hang on. So our fucking FBI are... All these law enforcement agencies 
they're not already trying to use this kind of existing data to do their investigations? Well, if you rewind back to what he said, he said that CIA, military, police, law enforcement are already using it. I just don't think that they're using it right. No, they're using it for their own political exactly, reasons. Exactly, exactly. Well, we know the CIA. It. We know they all have access to it. We yeah. know they. We know the CIA is doing hokey bullshit, mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to be doing hokey bullshit in this country, but they are. Yeah. We know they have tons of other compartmentalized things under the Department of Defense and Homeland Security, and mm-hmm. all of them are all have fucking. Shit, and they're all do we have access to all this stuff probably, or can get access to it, yeah. or whatever they need. So, but they didn't give a shit <coughs> because it was a young eight-year-old African American girl that got shot. They didn't fucking care. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. They didn't fucking care. Right. So, well, it's just crazy that like this guy and then their little organization mm-hmm. can go out and spend the money to do this and then turn it over to them. So. We should be able to figure out who's killing all these people that are, we're going to testify against Hillary. Yeah. Who, we, we should, they, 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 well, they know. They know who these people oh, are. Yeah, they absolutely. know, I mean, they know we're sitting here talking about this movie and watching it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Hey, guys, how are you? Like, they Hope know. you guys got your popcorn, because it's going to be a while. Yeah. Well, they've, they've already seen this movie, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. They're surprised it actually got out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, fuck, what are we going to do? Anyways, let's continue. And isn't it true that this tracking, these movements, this parallels exactly the work you're doing with the mules? Exactly. It's one thing to have the scientific evidence, which is persuasive on its own merits, but do you have video evidence? We do. How much of it do you have? Four million minutes of surveillance video around the country. Official surveillance video of these mail-in drop boxes. Yes. How do you get it? You can file for open records requests. Any citizen can do this. It was a, a very difficult series of steps that had to be followed to procure the actual surveillance video. You have video in Georgia? We do. Is it video from the presidential election, the runoff election, or both? Both. Do you have video from other states? Some video from Arizona. We have recently learned video was specifically turned off on particular uh-huh. drop boxes. In which state? NASA. NASA Wisconsin, it turns out, NASA. even though the rules required them to have video. Did they do the video? No, they did not. There should be video on every drop box. Indeed. Given today's kind of cost of technology, it would not have been that hard to do it. And you sent me a screenshot, Catherine, where you were requesting video. And I believe it was the state of Georgia saying this video does not exist and we can't tell you why it doesn't exist. Right. That was in in Fulton County. We have correspondence like that from a lot of states in the absence of video. And that geospatial data is key to decoding, you know, what the greater scheme was. But in the case of uh, what we're going to show you now, what kicks it up a notch is that we have the geospatial data to support the video. Let's talk about some of the videos. Right, so we're going to show you a couple different ones. This particular individual we have um, in a number of different locations at a number of different times. He's actually a mule. This is the official this is surveillance our, this is video you park when you go, right? of Georgia. 
Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so as the person pulls up, they don't even bother parking. Of course, in the middle of the night, so why would they? It gets out, approaches the box. When people walk up with intention to cheat, they look around, they basically walk fairly quickly, they try to stuff them in, they try to get out of there. In this case, he drops a few on the ground, pick them up, stuff them into the box. Then he hustles back and hustles out of there. So this is what it looks like. It doesn't necessarily look like, you know, hundreds of ballots being stuffed in. You don't need a whole lot of fraud, you just need a little in the right places over time. Is there a way to estimate or even roughly how many ballots are being tossed into a box at a given time? It might be three or five or six or ten or something like that. The idea is to stay under the radar. And as Greg said, the number is, you know, three, five, ten ballots. But then they're not done for the day either. They're going place to place to place, day upon day upon day. And so that will not show up in your chain of custody documents, your tracking documents that would identify a big blip. I mean, they're not going up and dumping in, you know, buckets full of ballots. Uh, on the other hand, we've seen circumstances where it appears that buckets full of ballots showed up. There's one box in Gwinnett County that had a chain of custody document with 1,962 ballots noted on this. And first of all, that's roughly 10 times what we normally see. We sorted through the geodata, found a few hundred people. Okay, well, that's pretty odd. We have video of all of this. And guess what it shows? 271 people approached that ballot drop box during that 25-hour period. 271, 1,962 ballots were deposited. Wow. That makes sense, right? We'll do the math on Here that. Here are election officials pulling out of that... Let's do the fucking math on that. You have your calculator up? I will in a second. So it was 272 people and 1,962... I think it was 1,976. 1,962. Okay, 1,962 and how many people? 270, or something like that. Uh, 7.26 ballots per person. How many ballots did it look like that one guy put in? About eight. Yeah. Now, else we have to consider a handful of those people, maybe even a hundred, that went to that thing. Mm-hmm. We're literally mailing their ballot. Mm -hmm. So then let's say the rest were mules. Yeah. So now your number gets bigger. It goes from 7 to 16 maybe mm -hmm. per visit. Per visit, yeah. Yeah. I forgot. How, how many, many people mules? are in your family, Dave? Let's say you were going to be the designated ballot dropper at well, whatever for your entire family you're jumping ahead there are certain states that allow you to do it for other members of your family but there are other states that you cannot do that for i don't think it should be you should be able to do it period i agree I, if it's your ballot you turn it in you're the only one that can do it yeah i agree but here's even a video of them pulling even out if you're those fucking 1900 a you know what are those people called that can't leave their fucking house invalid Okay, something like that. Yeah. But you can fucking put it in your mailbox, put the flag yep. up or something. Like, yep. 
mailman can take it. You don't have to put it in the... Right? You could mail correct. them, correct? correct? Correct. You can mail them or you can drop them off, yep. Or you could show up on the fucking day and vote. Yeah, like, like a normal, like normal fucking people. human being. Yep, exactly. Like normal okay. people. So. A box. Two full duffel bags containing over 1,900 ballots. And that's okay. Let's look at another one. Yeah, let's take a look at... Uh, Interesting thing about like this, this person is the device seems to live in South Carolina. So this person isn't even from Georgia. She was here uh, during both election cycles, uh, but is not a resident of the state. But as she approaches the drop box, she never looks at the trash can, right? She's looking the other way. But the other thing she has is she has gloves on. What one of our analysts noticed was these surgical gloves only appeared from December 23rd forward in the runoff. So we didn't see a lot of them previous to December 23rd, and we couldn't figure out why. And then it just dawned on us, well, on December 22nd, there was an indictment handed down in Arizona for people that had stuffed ballots, and the way the FBI nailed them was fingerprints. And then lo and behold, the next day and, and days forward. So this video is now from the Georgia runoffs. This, this, this is, is January this is, of 21. This That's particular right. one is at approximately 1 o'clock in the morning on January the 5th. Stuffs her ballots in there. It's like a small stackish, maybe three, maybe four. Takes them off. And then puts them in a trash can that she never looked at. She never looked at the garbage can, though, dude. So she knew it was there. She knew it was there, right? And so we have her on a number of locations. She's only. an out-of-state mule, and then this is in no way the only drop box that she attended. That's right. No, she she's, goes to dozens and dozens over the course of these two elections. Who's next? What you're going to see is he approaches the drop box on his bike. He also has a backpack on. Pull the ballots out of his backpack. Taking his time. Taking his time, digging around, looking for some ballots. Finally gets that, pulls them out. Okay, now I'm set. And he'll put them in. But you also see him get sort of frustrated as he starts to leave, because guess what? At this point, they had started requiring the mules, apparently, to take pictures of the stuffing of the ballots. It appears that that's how they get paid. So they take a picture, they stuff it in, they take a picture, not a selfie, but a picture of the, the actual ballot going in. But this guy gets frustrated, so he actually has to park his bike, get off. So if you were there just casting your own ballot, what reason in the world would you have to come back and take a picture of the box? Then he kneels down. You wouldn't. Yeah. Take some pictures. Okay, the next one. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play... Let me play on the. I'm play a Democrat for a second here. Okay. Well, to me, I'm I'm on my bike. I'm mail these ballots for my family. Let's just say. And you've seen it. Maybe you've even done it, Dave. The day you go vote, you get a little fucking sticker. Mm -hmm. I voted. You gotta take a fucking put it on or take a picture of it and post it to social media. Mm -hmm. well, he's, that's his equivalent of I voted, I'm taking a picture of the box. I'm going to post that. Look, I voted, I went to the box. That's the only logical excuse or explanation you can have for why he would do that. But we know that's bullshit. Right. But if you are you know, basically giving the Democrats their line of defense there. Mm -hmm. 
use that. Because that's the only thing that yeah. could potentially work. There's no other logical reason. But he would have had it. I would have taken, if it was me and I, and I wanted to do that, it was late at night. And I wanted to prove that I did it. I would selfie it. I wouldn't say it was super late because, I mean, there's, it's dark around. Around. there's a lot of cars and all that going around. I would selfie it. I wouldn't have started to leave and then come back. Oh, I forgot to take a picture. Meh. The box isn't handing you a sticker. Yeah. No. All right. That's, that's what I'm saying, though. Do like, you, do you, you want to pause for a commercial break, or do you want to keep going? I want to keep going. Okay. But we can pause. Yeah, pause for a commercial break. All right, well, let's continue. So let me show you Dog Guy. Dog Guy. So Dog Guy, middle of the day, this is actually at a polling place. So the people in line are waiting to go in and vote early. They're doing it the right way. Okay, now, now you've got some other people going to walk up. This lady doesn't care, but this guy, this next guy cares. He's watching the whole thing. This guy looks up, talks to him. Got the ballots under his arm already. Now he's got the rest that he pulled out of the bag. And he's going to get his camera ready to take the pictures as he puts them in there. If you consider the brazenness of this, right? This is the middle of the day. There's people people. sitting there watching you cheat. People that are doing it the right way. But it's difficult for them to know what to do, That's except right. observe and maybe say, what's going on That's here? Right. What did I just see? They wonder, what does this all even mean if this is happening in broad daylight and nobody's doing anything to stop it? And so these are the kind of things, four million minutes of this. This was an organized effort to subvert a free and fair election. This is organized crime. You can't look at this data in its aggregate and believe anything otherwise. That's especially true when you consider that in places like Georgia, it was only decided by 10,000, 12,000 votes. Look at this one, dude. Hang on. How many minutes did he say he's got? Four million. In one year, if you spent 60 minutes, 24 hours a day, for 365 days, that's 525,600 minutes. It would take you how many years, and just you, mm-hmm. to watch the amount of footage that he has of the cheating. But Think here's, about that. Here's the Obviously, thing, Obviously, if you're though. a fucking team, you can fucking... Well, and they're only pinpointing when their mules are there. Right. That's you what know? I'm saying. Yeah. But overall, he's got that much fucking... Yeah. That's ridiculous. And think about this now. I want to hit, hit hit this home for the listeners. They're only looking at people that hit them 10 times. Or more. Or more. Yeah. Think about the people that hit it 9, or 8, or 7, or yeah. 6, or 5, or, or three. even 1. One time that they muled one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 and I get what they were saying. They wanted to go way high, so there's no way they can get it. Two, I could see maybe, maybe you, maybe I went there once, dropped off mine. My wife wanted hers, so I dropped hers off. Maybe. Okay, cool. I get that. But I'd go to the same one. I wouldn't go to a fucking stash house. You wouldn't have to go to know. multiple. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. They're tying them all to hitting these other places, right? Then hitting multiple boxes, yeah. Then hitting another place, like. And not just what one day. other explanation <laughs> can you have for that kind of activity? You you can't. There's nothing. But this one, this one is one that fucking made me laugh when I watched it. All right, let's See this bitch? She's got plenty in her hand. I'm not purple, right? Yeah. All right. You look at. And so these other two people 
are getting in behind thousand her. visits Wait. just from our mules. It's She's not a doing her thing. I'm just gonna stay here. Say, yes, put a million in. Made a difference. While Adding you these numbers up, waiting. we have two thousand plus mules based upon not searching these whole states. And right. remember, we're, we're only talking about a small number of states. You didn't, you, we're not talking about the whole country. We're, we're not talking even talking about, about whole states. We're not even talking about whole states. Right. That's right. And we're also talking about a gross undercount of the actual number of mules because you set a high bar. They had to go to 10 drop boxes. So if there's a mule who went to seven drop boxes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't no. catch that guy. And they had to go to nonprofits. So they had to meet those two criteria and then go to one of the geofence drop boxes. If they met the two criteria but went to a post office box we're not going to look at them one of the so i presume if i were to take my ballot and say let's say there's three people in my household that can vote mm -hmm. and i take all three of our ballots to a non-profit mm -hmm. and then that non-profit has a volunteer let's say you mm-hmm that then comes up and take... Uh, why couldn't I just take it to the box, is the point. Well, why did I have to take it to the nonprofit? No reason first? to. There's no reason. Yeah. So that makes... it At that point, you must now explain why the middle person of the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no reason for them to there's be no in reason. the middle yeah. of this. Yeah. From me taking my ballot to the nonprofit... For them to then hand it off to somebody else to then take, say, I did it and six other families did this, and now they're going to take all six of the families' ballots, too. What I'm trying to do is help explain yeah, and you can. for dumb people why you don't need to have that. Not, why, is it, why is a nonprofit a place that a ballot would ever end up at in the first fucking place? When you do have the boxes, you could yeah. take yours to. If That's you why they were there. Like you know, when they talk about you know, put them in the drop boxes, send it in by yourself. I never once heard, "Hey, go to take it to the nonprofit, take it to Joe's nonprofit fish store, and yeah. they'll drop them off for you." Who the fuck would even do that? Right. But the nonprofits are the ones that were getting them fucking harvested. They were going around knocking on doors and buying them because from other people. Nonprofits are. Not, I'm not saying all of them are. Mm -hmm. Nonprofits are fronts for money laundering. Yep. Sorry. That's what yeah. it is. Yep. And I think a lot of it is, too, the nonprofits were getting people that were incarcerated that couldn't vote, dead people that couldn't vote, obviously. Uh, they were printing ballots and yeah. checking just the presidential box, but not the fucking rest right. of the people Anything down else, the thing, because yeah. they didn't have time yep. to do that. Mm -hmm. They knew yep. they needed certain numbers. Dude. Yeah. All right. Let's keep playing. I'm getting angrier and angrier. Logans of the Democrats through all this debate has been make every vote count. That's and I why. think we can now see in a chilling way that this is kind of what they mean. What they mean is it doesn't matter if all kinds of illegal ballots are being dropped in. Let's just count them. Now the narrative needs to be that this is the most secure election. This is the most fabulous election we've ever had. Pay no mind to the millions of Americans that are saying something is not right. This does not make sense. Nothing to see here. Just smile and wave, boys. I mean, wouldn't it be an accurate summary to say that these voter bills that the Democrats are desperate to enact, to federalize the election, isn't it that they want to take all these special provisions that have enabled what we've described, or you've described in the 2020 election, and make it permanent. 
if we don't wake up and do the hard roll up your sleeves work that it's going to take to reel this all back together, then yes, all the pieces are in place for our election system to be in permanent lockdown. And it will be done under the watchful eye of a media that will tell you it's all just fine. It seems like they are subverting democracy in the public pretense of protecting it. Absolutely. And it won't stop unless we stop it. If I look across the swath of Republicans, this is not the kind of issue that they seem to be comfortable with. It's almost like they would rather endure. That's right. Mm -hmm. As I said. Well, it's a a gamble, right? Because the ones that are enduring Mm -hmm. are currently elected and in power. When you watch these brazen acts and nobody says a word because they're scared that they're going to be sued, because they're scared that they're going to be canceled, because they're scared that they're going to be silenced, that kind of chilling effect is exactly what they want. And as I said, on the other side of fear is freedom. If you never get past the fear, you're never free. Let's sum up what we know. That's powerful. Do we know for sure that this was not, in fact, far from the most secure election in history? It was not. We know that for a fact. Do we know for a fact that there was coordinated, systematic fraud in all the key states where the election was decided? Yes. Yes. And therefore, does it follow that the people who suspected fraud, even though they didn't have the proof, their suspicion was right? Absolutely. Their instincts are right. And moreover, that the states that are trying to do something about systematic fraud by restoring a modicum of, let's call it the old rules, checking your voter ID, checking signatures. Uh, you want a mail-in ballot? You know what? you got to request an absentee ballot. We're not going to send 20 million ballots out there and see what comes back. That these voter integrity laws, far from being voter suppression, are actually a legitimate way to make sure that the people who vote are actually eligible to vote. A hundred percent accurate. That's absolutely correct. Put your mask on and go up the ballot box and nobody else is looking around. Gotta make sure you get your gloves on. Yep, don't want them fingerprints yeah. on there. Good thing there's a garbage can right next to it. So you just take your garbage, you know, take it off and throw it away. Yep. I'm not saying that it's strategically placed but it's convenient that the next ever one of these boxes seeing they've seen fucking that garbage can. and we've seen that these guy are again. fraudulent votes all you are just waiting for five key states you were allowed to give your ballot to be delivered by a family member or a caregiver See, some, this some is states. vote harvesting but it's not the same as ballot trafficking in no state in america is it legal for non-profit organizations to collect ballots and pay mules to deliver them to mail in drop boxes Look at all those videos, dude. Now we come to the most important question of all. Was the magnitude of vote trafficking in these key swing states enough to tip the balance in the 2020 presidential election? Let's first narrow in on just our 2,000 mules. Their average number of Dropbox visits, 38. Their average number of illegal ballots deposited per visit, 5. This is a That's very conservative 380, number. 380,000 illegal votes. 
But was this sufficient to put Biden in the White House? To answer that question, we must look at each key state. In Michigan, 500 mules. Averaging 50 drop box visits and five illegal ballots per drop, that's 125,000 illegally trafficked votes, not quite the 154,000 vote difference between Trump and Biden. So Michigan, with its 16 electoral votes, stays in the Biden column. In Wisconsin, 100 mules, averaging 28 drop box visits and five illegal ballots per drop. That's 14,000 illegally trafficked no. votes, no. 6,000 votes short to give Trump the win. So using only our mules, Wisconsin's 10 electoral votes. This is only on their mules. The Biden camp. Keep that in but mind. Now we come to Georgia, 250 mules. Averaging 24 drop box visits and five illegal ballots per drop, that's 30,000 illegally trafficked votes, far more than the 12,000 vote difference between Trump and Biden. So Georgia, with 16 electoral votes, moves over into the Trump column. In Arizona, the numbers are roughly the same. 200 mules, averaging 20 drop box visits and five illegal ballots per drop. That's 20,000 illegal votes. Again, these illegal votes are substantially more than the 10,000 vote margin that gave the state's 11 electoral votes to Biden. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania alone... I want to pause that before we get to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're also only counting the mules... That were 10 or more That's visits. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So when you yeah. do all the rest, every single one of those states flip yeah. back yep. the other way. Yep. To Trump. Yep. 100%. 1,100 mules. Averaging 50 drop box visits and five ballots per visit. That's 275,000 illegal votes. Again, comfortably exceeding the 80,000 vote margin between Trump and Biden. So Pennsylvania's 20 electoral votes goes for Trump. Shockingly, even this narrow way of looking at just our 2,000 mules in these swing states gives Trump the win with 279 electoral votes to Biden's 259. But no one thinks that our 2,000 mules were the only mules trafficking illegal votes. Nope. To widen the search, Greg and his team lowered the criterion from 10 or more to 5 or more drop boxes. This revealed a huge upsurge in the number of mules from 2,000 to 54,000. 54,000 mules. <laughs> I wish they did every state Next, they point. used a very conservative estimate of just three ballots per drop box visit. Now, when we multiply this increased number of mules times the five drop box visits per mule times just three illegal votes per drop, we find election fraud on an astonishing scale. In Wisconsin, 83,565 illegal votes were trafficked. In Georgia, 92,670. In Pennsylvania, 209,505. In Michigan, 226,590. And in Arizona, 207,435. Using this calculus, Trump would have won all the key states. And the final electoral vote, 305 to 233. I, I want, Sorry. I don't even think it's 233. I really truly I don't. I don't think so either. I don't think Biden won Illinois. Nope. I think Illinois is a red fucking state. He might have won Chicago one state. Chicago is blue. He might have won one state. 
I don't I don't know if he won one state. Rhode Island, that's the only one that doesn't matter. <clears throat> no. In, in all le- legitimately, he won big cities, but he lost those states. Yeah. The and I'm I don't know. You can like sit here and say, "All right, has X amount of people in Chicago, which turns the whole state." Bullshit. There is more people in the state of Illinois than there is in just the clusterfuck of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I don't buy this. Well, it's Chicago. Yeah, I don't buy either. this. Oh, it's Los Angeles. I don't buy this. Oh, it's Portland. No, the rest of the fucking state. There's more people in the rest of the state than there is in one of these fucking city. cities. Yep, Sorry, no, I, I, I don't buy it. I don't believe Joe Biden won any fucking state. <clears throat> Sorry, no, I don't. No, that's fine. I, I, I think he might have won one. I think I'm he give him got one. about twenty million legitimate people in this country that voted for him. Spread across the entire country. Right. He did not win anything. Not even a fucking not, single state. Not legitimately, no. To get my Salem colleagues' take on what I'd learned here. There's four million minutes of video. This so is official footage. This is official surveillance footage. It's indisputable. It was taken by the state itself. That's the only place that the, the video left, came from. I think, did not anticipate that anyone would go through this video. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, one o'clock in the morning. Don't we all vote at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> right, right, right. This is, seems silly, but somebody asked me, they go, how do we know this is not normal mail? This is a ballot drop box. Right. Okay, this is not the mailbox right, where, you, right. where you write your mom. They're smart. They catch it, too. He's got gloves, though. She's got gloves, huh? <laughs> and what does she do with the gloves? Ooh. Whoopsie-daisy. Hang on. She walked straight past that cannon and didn't you see you got to show that again. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. She just walks in. So this is not the first time she's done. No. So that one was in Georgia, is that right? Yes. yes. So in Georgia, it is illegal to turn in anyone but yourself or your family member's ballot. It is illegal. Right. It that's is right. illegal. That's so right. forget the outcome. That's an illegal practice, what you just saw. That's right. Video number two. <laughs> dog guy. This is called Dog Guy. want to be interesting. Taking pictures. Dog guy watching. Why would you do this that? Movie really yeah. Yeah. That's me. It's business. It's business. What, business do you, what do you suspect if if you had actually caught this person at that moment, hand me those ballots, mm-hmm. and the person did? What do you think you would see? Whose name is on it, in in your opinion? Ineligible voters, people that have moved. Would you see legitimate ballots? Yeah, There's an ambiguity in what you're saying. The ballot itself is legitimate. No, no, that I... Right, I, it's, I, not, yes, a, it's not a I, fake I it's piece not a of paper. Yes, right. okay. But again, remember, when you mail in a ballot, you have a security envelope with the signature verification standard that's been all but washed away. And as soon as it's taken out of that envelope... Then you then you have a disconnect, and the it's ballot a, it's is a private. It's a virgin sheet of paper. The ballot the, the is private. The only ID is on the envelope on the outside. This is an example of multiple ballots. So this is uh, 3.57 a.m. Well, he looks Prime like somebody who's on a movie This person comes up, right. and what you're going to see is um, when you try to put too right. many ballots in. Yeah. Not saying it's him, just saying. <laughs> he needs a shoehorn. And we have lots of those where they're just jamming them in and then they fall on the ground. And when you can jam well, them... I mean, this alone, 
is, to say the least, suggestive. Who's voting at 3.57 a.m. with a whole bunch of ballots. And, and then right. being able to match that ping where he's standing there to the next place he goes. So we're seeing videos of one. Right. But each one of these you know went to... On average, 23 times. the same guy going different places? Yes. Yeah. Right. This is their pattern of life. So in one night, this person, this mule, went across six counties to 27 different drop boxes. Five different in organizations. One in one night. So he's in one getting night. the ballots from the organization. Correct. So, yeah. Republicans had no idea this was going on during the election. Trump, to his credit, tweeted out in July, <laughs> mail-in ballots are a disaster. Yep. We have, and he was attacked so hard by Kemp and Ducey and so many. But that was, he didn't have this information, obviously. His instinct yeah. ended up being right. This is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> You're talking about I think extraordinary criminal activity, but there's a ton more, you would guess, that you have not even touched. You are talking about two, 300,000 ballots that were just harvested in only the geolocated locations. But you are talking, what, 5% of America? Less. Less than 5%. Okay. So, case closed. Sorry, gentlemen, lady. <laughs> case closed. All right, so I do a heroic thing that not necessarily others here do. I read the New York Times every day. And crazy. Uh, it, well, no, sorry for it, you. It's my martyrdom. <laughs> they claim all of these places we have found maybe four, maybe 50 phony ballots. These aren't phony ballots. Right, no okay, so wait, 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 they're phony names. No. No, no, no. no, no. There's no name on the ballot, Dennis. Okay, let's say we got access to every single ballot thrown into the ballot boxes. Would we be able to prove this is a fraud? It's the perfect crime because it cannot be curated after it is committed because the evidence has no connection to the person who is meant to be voting. That's the problem. As soon as it gets taken out of the envelope, the identity right, of the voter we're, we're disappears. So the vote from John Doe is from a John Doe who is dead or a John Doe who is moved. Is that correct? Or voted somewhere else. Or, 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 or voted so. Why is that not provable? There's an easy way to bust it, but it's not the way you think. It's not to go find the ballots in the ballot mix. You can't do that. The way to find it is these guys have the cell phone identification of all the mules. All of them. So law enforcement has to step in at this point, and their next step what were you is, doing seven is times to go, go and that, interview right. the mules. Who paid you? Right. Where'd you get the money? Will any state's law enforcement do this? This is a big question. The mules are... Yeah, I need to pause there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who paid you? Well, it was a nonprofit, mm-hmm. hypothetically, which is <clears throat> getting money from where? Who? And... Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg gave, what, $42 million or something <clears throat> like that? I think it was even more than that. Okay, $42 billion to the fucking election. Well, it was Why? A, it was a shit ton of money. Why? And, well, we For know what? why. I know, I know, <clears throat> but I'm just saying. But what I want to know is, I'm assuming it was all cash, so mm-hmm. there is no tax, taxes, income tax, anything you need to right. claim. Like, right, right. Like, There's it, no way to track the money, right? There now. is no way, other than, like, these videos and these people and their pings. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's very clear how they're going to do this in the midterm election and the next presidential. Every single one, one well, it's going to be interesting because how do you, they, they get paid by proving that they put it in the box. They'll all get fucking burner phones. Yeah. And have to, what, take a picture and, and throw then, it away and then submit it and throw the phone away. Mm-hmm. What, 
burner phones will still ping though, but yeah, it'll be random pings on different burner phones. So, uh, this kind of goes back to, and let's, I'll just, I'll make the prediction. Maybe there'll be some sort of program that'll come out between now and say the 2024, not, not the midterm, but let's say 2024 election. Similar to the Obama phone thing, mm-hmm. where they're giving the phone. This will be the cover. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. An Obama phone, a Biden phone, or some bullshit like that. Or, you know, so it'll be something. You'll see. And, you know, these people can get those phones, which will be, you know, like a burner phone. Yeah. Where. Yeah. You get X amount of minutes and you toss it and they're, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or they'll have them all with VPNs and they'll all be... And they can't be pinged. They can't be pinged, yeah. Because all the VPNs will show that they're in fucking Switzerland or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, enough of them are dumb enough, they'll still have their actual phone, too, yep. on them. Yep. Because the piece of shit Biden phone, or whatever it's going to be called, isn't going to be able to do the all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it'll be enough probably to take a picture or whatever. Or they're just going to have to trust them that they did what they said they were going to do, but not actually do it. Right. Um, in terms of, like, taking pictures and all that, just, you come get the ballots, we expect that you're dropping them off. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? We don't need the proof. Yeah. Because now that they know they can't do it, because they're, they well, they're being tracked. And that's the other, that's the thing. So if we know this is happening, tracking it in real time leading up to the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it, the other question is, what kind of pan-plan scam-demic are we going to have at that point, yeah. too? Because, yeah. you know, you have to be able to justify the mail-in ballots because that's the easiest way to cheat. Mm-hmm. So, and my problem is, how are they going to work? How are the criminals going to work through knowing now, I mean, other than heavily suppressing this film, mm-hmm. But we're doing our job to get it out there, and enough people see this shit, enough people are aware of it, but still, law enforcement needs to be involved. And if right. nobody's ever going to put their fucking foot down and get involved, then what difference does it make? They'll probably literally do the exact same thing because they don't veer off their playbook. Mm-hmm. They have the same playbook, and they use it over and over yep. and over and over and over again, and as long as you insert judges and a, uh, district attorneys and all this shit in the right places... <clears throat> nothing ever gets done. Right, right. Which is a huge fucking problem. Right. What were you going to say? I don't remember now. Sorry. Sorry. I had, to, I had to get that out, but if you think of it. Yeah, if I think about it. Right, what the fuck was I going to say? I'm not going to fess up. <clears throat> they know they're participating in something that is... Well, you got, you got them on videotape. you got 2,000 people who are committing felonies. Right. I'd like you to just reflect about what you've learned today and how you're feeling and thinking about it. It's just sickening to me. This is jaw-dropping. What you showed is frightening. Republicans had no clue this was going on. I wondered whether any Republicans who did know. Investigative journalist Heather Mullins interviews a whistleblower hired by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. I was hired by the NRSC. My job uh, was basically to watch the ballot boxes. And this was for the early voting in Georgia. So with, that started on December 14th, 
it ended on the 31st of December, and we monitored that box from 8 to 8 all day long. So, consequently, during those two uh, two weeks, um, I monitored those boxes indiscriminately. I would move around to the different areas in the boxes and watch them 30 minutes here, an hour there. And then I would start to see things where I'd see people walking up with uh, backpacks, and they were unloading large numbers of pallets, suffocating the box. Um, recorded some of that and took pictures of it and, and dates and times and those things. Um, I spotted a place from Texas, from Colorado, um, South Carolina, North Carolina. And I just thought that was odd that all these states were coming in. And these people would get out and I'd watch them get out and they'd go up to the ballot and stuff a ballot in the ballot box. I thought that was kind of odd. So, you know, we took pictures of those things. Well, we took pictures, recorded license plates and those things. And then um, I uploaded those photographs to a Dropbox. Then when it came to the, um, the Georgia runoff, the actual day of the election, which was January 5th, um, I was up there, it was early in the morning. Now, there were Stacey Abrams people all along the sidewalk up there. How did you know that they were Stacey Abrams people, though? Well, they had those masks on that said vote. Okay. She has one of those things they had. This was during COVID, right? And mm -hmm. They were part of that initiative. I knew that she was part of that initiative that she had going on about get out the vote kind of thing. So it was Democratic Party and it was Abrams people that were, you know, they were all interacting with each other. And then the local uh, Democratic Party chairman was there also about 6.30 that evening. Um, we noticed uh, there was a, a couple, a female couple. These two ladies had run up and they had a big stack of ballots. And uh, we were standing there and they tried to shove the ballots in there. And I looked at them, we were taking pictures and the other gentleman took some video and everything. And uh, she turned around and looked at us and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're taking a picture. And she said, well, you can't do that. And I said, yes, I can. And uh, she got mad. And she ran off the sidewalk and left. So you're saying the NRSC was made aware that there were people stuffing yes. drop boxes at specific yes. dates and times? Yes. So with what you witnessed during your time watching these drop boxes, do you believe that that was enough for law enforcement to get involved? Oh, definitely. But after several weeks, no contact or anything, and you know, I just... Yeah, no, so you're saying, though, if, if somebody had contacted you, you would be willing to testify to these things and, and give those depositions under oath? I would have had to. Yeah. I would have had to. Catherine, hey. Greg just interviewed an informant in Arizona who's now cooperating with authorities. Oh, wow. Okay. Check your email. Okay, awesome. I'll do it. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Hey, honey. Yeah. Take a look at this. So this is, uh, I remember Greg was um, going to interview that mule. And yeah. um, so we got the video. Thank you again for Guess they're concealing our identity. So what, what, was your, what was your job? Like, what, what, what were you doing? Uh, receptionist. So at some point, um, you were asked or, or sort of instructed, I guess, to start receiving people's ballots. I was just instructed uh, to go ahead and receive ballots from various uh, people, females mostly. And, um, and on Friday, they would come and pick up uh, payment. I, I assumed it was payments for what they were doing. So they would, during the week, they would bring them in at various times and then you would pay them, like, all on a Friday? Is that kind of how it went? 
Yes, Rogers. And then I would get a call uh, to find out how many ballots were brought in and if they were already pre-filled out first. And she would come to the office, look at them, and then before she left, she would either take them herself, but other times she would uh, ask me if I could drop them off at the library. So what was the instruction? Uh, just to drop them off. In the drop box? In the drop box, the, the early ballots. Can you give me an idea of how many you personally put in the box? Hundreds? Could have been, yes. Um, and was there a reason they wanted you, she wanted you to go to that drop box as opposed to maybe City Hall? Or There's no cameras. There's no cameras there. And she would want me to take it in the evening when it was dark also. Do you think this is widespread in Yuma County or elsewhere? I would say it is. So do you think that people you know in San Luis, they believe that their vote matters? I don't even think they know the meaning of what voting is. Do you personally think that the elections in San Luis are free and fair? No. They're fixed. They've been fixed. They already know, seriously, who is going to win the next election before it even happens. How do you think this affects the community, especially the Hispanic community? Because it seems like they're preying on minorities. They're an easy target because most of the Hispanics that live in the town uh, are not well educated as far as the law. They look at it mostly as, oh, she's trying to help us because we're older, because she's having someone come and pick it up at my house, because I don't drive. Most of them, maybe, I would say honestly, 90% of the elderly that live in San Luis don't drive or have relatives that are willing to drive them to do this, to go to the voting polls. Back when I first moved into the city of San Luis, I did have somebody come and knock on my door and ask for my ballot. And it was somebody I knew and that I had known for many years since I was a child. And up to this day, uh, that person does not talk to me because I said there was no way I was giving them my ballot. What a brave woman to do this. Totally. I call it the Mexican Mafia, seriously. Because uh, they, they work like that. It seems like we need to do a better job of maybe educating folks or, or helping people understand that this stuff's not okay. I offered <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, but, again, they told me, oh, don't do it. Because you're going to end up in the trash can in pieces. What do you think it's going to take to get the, this trafficking to stop? For people to get caught and to pay the price. Wow. Unbelievable. We know that the mules got their stashes of ballots from these activist organizations. But where did the activist organizations get the ballots from? Hans von Spakovsky is a former member of the Federal Election Commission, a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and co-author of the book, Our Broken Elections. I will say election fraud is bipartisan, but most of the cases I see are unfortunately, the Democratic Party. 
Hans, you just watched a mule kind of fessing up about participating in this trafficking operation. Is this kind of a mule operation something familiar to you? But unfortunately, this is so common in some parts of America, particularly the Hispanic community, that they have a special name there. There they call them politiqueros. And these are individuals who are paid by campaigns or political parties to go into neighborhoods and collect absentee ballots to pressure and coerce voters. People who observe election fraud have commented that absentee ballot fraud or mail ballot fraud is the easiest and the most common type of election fraud. Why is that? Well, because they're the only kind of ballot that is voted outside the supervision of election officials and outside the observation of poll watchers. Transparency, as you know, is very important in the election process. And there's no one there at a, a voter's home to observe what's happening. Also, remember, when you're in a polling place, you fill out your ballot and you then deposit it directly into the ballot box. That obviously is not what happens with absentee ballots. There are some states, I believe about half of them, about 27 states, that allow voter harvesting. And by voter harvesting, what we mean is that you are allowed to give your ballot to someone else right. and ask them to deliver it. Now, are there any states in which you're allowed to pay mules to deliver ballots to drop boxes? No, you're not supposed to be doing that uh, and allowing vote trafficking to begin with is a huge mistake because you're giving third-party strangers, you know, candidates, uh, campaign staffers, party activists, all people who have a stake in the outcome of the election, you're giving them the ability to handle something very valuable, a ballot. Voter fraud is almost in incalculably rare in the United States. Does it ever happen? Rare. Okay, occasionally it does happen. But it doesn't happen on a national scale. It doesn't affect the outcome. It would affect the outcome. I read these days constantly that election fraud, well, it could occur, but those cases are extremely rare. They're so episodic, they don't have the ability to tip an election. Is that true? Fraud happens often enough that elections get overturned. I mean, just go back three years to 2018 and a congressional race was overturned. I can cite to you another case in Mississippi. It was just overturned by a court because of fraud. Same thing in Florida. But look, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, we've shown that you've got these mules who are picking up these ballots at various vote stash houses. Hans, where do these organizations get ballots? Well, to quote Shakespeare, uh, let me count the ways. You know, everything from filling out absentee ballot request forms for voters, but having the ballots sent to them, to actually going to the voters and obtaining the ballots from them, to stealing them out of mailboxes, to actually using high-quality photocopy machines to make their own ballots. Look, these cases, unfortunately, go on all the time. You can go to 2018, which wasn't that long ago, in North Carolina.
Leslie McRae Dowless is accused of mishandling absentee ballots in North Carolina's 9th District. Dowless would frequently obtain this report from the Board of Elections looking for the date an absentee ballot was mailed and if it had been returned. Ginger Eason, who first told me she was hired to pick up ballots, and Kelly Hendricks, who testified she did the same thing. What would you do with the ballots after you picked them up? Take them straight to the office in Dublin and hand them over to McRae. And I don't know what happened to him after that. I know there was stacks of them on his desk. There was testimony in the case that his staffers were falsely signing as witnesses on those absentee ballots. Because he had done this before, he actually apparently had signatures of voters from prior elections in his offices. Voter rolls are in notoriously bad shape. States do a very bad job of taking people off who are no longer eligible because they've died or moved away. And it's very easy to get hold of a state's voter registration list. So, you know, if somebody's on the list and they haven't voted in 10 years, you're probably pretty safe in trying to cast a ballot on their behalf. On their behalf. Remember, in states that made the mistake of simply mailing out a absentee ballot to every single registered voter, well, if you're a fraudster and you get hold of that absentee ballot, you've got 90% of the information you need to fill it out because the name's going to be on the outer envelope and their registered address. Let's, let's follow the track of these mail-out ballots, right? Let's just say you got students on a campus, they've voted, but then they graduate and obviously they move to a different state. If they're on the voter rolls, is it not a fact that mail ballots will be arriving in the dorms and arriving in, and, and so presumably they're not going to be that hard to scoop up if somebody knows how where to, where to look for them? No, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I work in the District of Columbia. They mailed out absentee ballots uh, to all of their registered voters. And I can't tell you how many phone calls I got from people that I know saying that not only had their ballot arrived in the mail, but five, six, seven ballots all coming into their apartment for people who used to live there. Now, a former Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin named Gableman has done a preliminary report. He talks about the fact that there are approximately 90,000 people in Wisconsin who are in uh, resident care facilities or nursing homes. So she's uh, basically not capable any longer of even remaining awake for more than a few minutes. And so are you surprised that she voted in February 2021? <laughs> Absolutely. But I was surprised to hear that she voted in the last presidential election. Much to my surprise, she had voted for the last, off and on for the last 10 years. I guess in my mind, I thought if you put your parent into a facility because they were incapacitated, they would not even be offered um, the vote. They make you vote. They make you vote here? And, and, and uh, so how do they make you vote? Because I didn't want to vote and they told me I had to. That is a real problem. Clearly it was a problem in Wisconsin 2020, but unfortunately that's a perennial problem in other states too. What happens is you have staff in those nursing homes. Sometimes they are activists politically. They get these individuals registered to vote, or if they're already registered to vote, they will request absentee ballots in their name, sometimes forging their signatures, 
and then filling out the ballots for them. Just prior to the 2020 election, the state of Texas indicted a social worker in a home for young people who were basically mentally incompetent. She had sent in over a hundred voter registrations for these individuals who were not legally competent to vote. What about homeless shelters? Look, if a homeless individual is uh, mentally capable, they ought to be able to vote. And if the only place they can list is a registered address, the homeless shelter, that's fine. But the problem there is that it's very easy, I think, for them to be intimidated and coerced. In Chicago, the largest election fraud case the U.S. Justice Department ever prosecuted, they were paying homeless individuals to cast ballots the way they wanted them to cast ballots. What made you want to do this? What made you want to get involved? Um, well, I knew election stuff was supposed to be something good to do. And then plus, I needed a little extra money to get Christmas for my son. So that's why the main reason I did that. Who do these fraudsters pick on? They pick on the most vulnerable in our society. They go into poor neighborhoods. They pick on the elderly. They pick on people for whom English is not their first language. When we're trying to stop election fraud, we're actually trying to protect, uh, I'd say, the most vulnerable people in our society. We now know where the ballots could have come from, but to pull off a heist like this on a national scale would take deep pockets. I wanted to find out where the money might have come from. Who could have funded the heist? I met with Scott Walter, an old colleague of mine at the American Enterprise Institute, who is now head of the Capital Research Center. This is an organization that has produced multiple reports on the funding of elections. People think of three rivers of money, really, that empty into the gulf of elections. The hard dollars to write a check to a candidate. The second, you hear soft money or dark money. And then there's a third river that people tend to neglect, but Capital Research Center has studied intently, and that is the 501c3 nonprofit money, the kind of charity that you get to take a tax deduction for. That river is enormous. In the 2018 cycle, about $21 billion. Now, what do the IRS regulations say about the involvement of these nonprofits? By law, these nonprofit charities are forbidden to directly intervene in elections in any way or to help a particular party or candidate. The IRS is emphatic that you cannot intend or even have the effect of helping one party or candidate over the other. Now, let's talk about some of the key elements of this particular network that we're focusing on. We have we have drop boxes and those drop boxes are most people would think funded entirely by the states. In other words, the drop boxes in Georgia are funded by the state of Georgia. But that's not entirely the case, is it? In the 2020 election, there was an unprecedented hundreds of millions of private dollars going into government election offices. The 470 million or so dollars were sent by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. We did our part to secure the integrity of the election. There were a few other places that put in much smaller amounts. One entity that put in $25 million was, again, a nonprofit that's part of the Arabella Advisors, which as a total empire in 2020, took in $1.7 billion. Is there any evidence that this operation 
had a partisan thrust or a partisan character. As we all know, big money rarely comes without strings attached. One of the big ones is lots and lots of drop boxes, also lots and lots of vote by mail. To get your nice big checks, you had to do things like have drop boxes, encourage vote by mail, have ads in foreign languages, all kinds of things that little by little are nudging the turnout for one particular political party. In addition to the 470 or so million dollars that went into the Zuckbuck operation, you also had in 2020 a 120 million dollar project, very secretive, called the Voter Registration Project. The 120 million, it came from Soros's foundation, it came from Visa's foundation, it came from Warren Buffett's foundation, it came from unions like the SEIU. The Voter Registration Project has as its goal increasing in the eight target states over two million voters who are overwhelmingly expected to vote for the Democratic Party. And so the states that we're talking about here, Arizona? Yes. Georgia? Yes. North Carolina? Yes. Any others? Nevada, New Mexico. Here we've got an operation of illegal vote trafficking. You've got thousands of mules that are being paid to do this. What you're saying is there is more than enough money available to fund any such operation. In fact, this would be only one part of a much larger uh, effort to control the election. We are talking half a billion dollars in nonprofit charitable funds flowing into efforts to register and get out the vote for Democrats. Most of the left-wing mainstream media, dollars. when they reported on the Zuckbucks going through, they said they made it sound like, oh, it's all going to go for masks and, you know, plexiglass and all. And every study that's ever been done of some of the grants to the big cities found a few percent maybe going to help people that way and the massive amounts of money going into ginning up the vote by mail operation and the drop box operation and those sorts of things that benefit one political party. How confident should we be that this will be a fair election? They're sending millions of ballots all over the country. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. Trump predicted. He said the Democrats are going to cheat, that they're going to use the pretext of COVID. They're going to rig the rules in their favor. Nevertheless, Republicans focus their efforts on the campaign while Democrats focus their efforts on the process of actually running the election. The two sides don't approach elections in the same way. The Democrats, they understand that the rules, the process by which elections are conducted is just critical. We must now face the chilling reality. The Democrats conceived the heist. They funded it. They organized it. Then they carried it out. They rigged and stole the 2020 presidential election. We cannot be okay with this. We cannot simply move on. Guys, I'd like to have your honest assessment on what you've seen, what you've heard, and what we can reasonably draw from it. What do we have empirically? We have data geolocated. We have footage of people harvesting ballots. Do we know who those ballots were for? We can't know who they were for. However, you have to inject common sense. Are we saying that in the centers of Democrat-held districts, we are seeing 
hundreds and hundreds of visits to drop boxes with pro-Trump ballots, it beggars belief. This ballot laundry looks pretty convincing to me. We don't, we'll, I don't think we'll ever know the full story. And what makes this crime so compelling and unique is that once the ballot enters the system, it's really hard to reverse engineer it. But when you have the cell phone geolocation data and then the actual footage of them doing what you expect them to be doing, taking pictures of the ballots, taking gloves off, visiting multiple times, I mean, it seems pretty clear to me, and it explains the sudden spike in Biden's support that we saw late at night, the kind of instinct that people had. The control of the U.S. Senate went through Georgia with Chuck Schumer's majority leader, probably because of what we just saw. And I'd like them to answer the mules. If they say it's clean, then then be honest and say, okay. They have two ways they try, they'll try to invalidate it. One is minimizing and then slander. Yeah, right. So they'll try to slander Dinesh personally. They'll say, oh, Trump pardoned him or whatever. Therefore, he's trying to get back at Trump to try to reinforce the big lie. I could already see the headline in the Washington Post. <laughs> Trump pardoned ally comes out with questionable movie. I predict right now they will say, what on earth is a conservative doing tracking private citizens? Gee, how dare What is the national decision doing to voting at 3 a.m.? In fact, I mean, that'll be part of it. Intimidation will be the word. The word will be intimidation. They'll say no person is safe. Communities of color are being tracked. People like in black neighborhoods are now going to have to fear for their life that their cell phone pings will be paired. And this is this is Jim Crow 2.0. Yeah. I disagree that this mm -hmm. is not going to be compelling enough. This is a smoking gun. This is O.J. Simpson being seen leaving the scene of the crime. <laughs> I don't care how partisan you are. You can't dismiss all of this. How do you explain somebody going to a whole bunch of different drop boxes with a whole bunch of different ballots on the same night at 3.57 a.m. in the morning? How do you explain that? That alone, I'm sorry, I think a whole bunch of people in this country are going to go, oh my God. I think that if every American saw that, I think, I think it, would, it would move the needle. However, their ability to keep their side ignorant yeah. is, is total. That's going to be impossible to keep a lid on this thing. Well, this movie is an Overton window moment, right? So documentaries can do this every once in a while. Michael Moore did it. He moved the Overton window on many different topics 20 years ago. Al Gore did it with climate change. It'll happen, as Ernest Hemingway said, gradually and then suddenly. Because it's not just how many people are going to watch this film. It's who's going to watch it. It's going to be lawmakers. It's going to be people that work for the Bureau. It's going to be someone somewhere with a conscience that has power and to say, this is a problem. It can't be dismissed. And it can't be dismissed. They have ruined Election Day in the United States of America. That's provable. And that's enough for me to fight the left with every fiber in my body. He changed his tune, didn't he? <laughs> but he Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a nation run by a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. Never in U.S. history has a presidential election been as thoroughly corrupted by coordinated fraud across multiple states as we now know took place in 2020. Today, totalitarian regimes camouflage their fake elections with appearance of democracy, but they're not real democracies. We don't want to join them. Our elections must represent the will of American citizens. We who believe in constitutional democracy must be diligent. If we give up, they win. In fact, if enough of us give up, they won't need to cheat anymore. Don't stay home. 
get involved, get out and vote, do what is necessary to save this great country. The America we love needs us now more than ever. What if we did this to the other side? Do you realize if Trump supporters mm-hmm. did what these mules and the Democrat Party and these progressives and liberals did in stealing the 2020 election, if we did that, our side, mm-hmm. and they found out or thought that was the case, if you thought the protests leading up to the election after George Floyd's bullshit was bad, it would be a million times worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If they thought we did this to them. Yep. <clears throat> Yet. Oh, and it would have been overturned, like, the very next day. That fucking bullshit on January 6th, the Capitol, mm-hmm. whatever that you want to call it, 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 I bet you the fucking White House and... All those places would have been burned to the fucking ground mm-hmm. if it was the other way. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to make a prediction, but I'm going to. If Trump gets in in 2024, expect it to happen. They're going to fucking ramp these idiots up so much. Because basically, if we've got them caught by the balls... And are able to catch them real time doing this shit and start stopping it. It's basically stopping their cheating. There's no way Trump doesn't end up back in the White House. Right. But that doesn't come with just smooth transition. They're going to react to that. They'll be. Are we ready for how they're. Because I think they know. They're going to cheat. They're going to figure out a way to do it. But can they cheat big enough this time? And they always have a backup plan. People lost their mind when Trump got in the first time. They stole it in 2020. Right. What if they're unable to steal it in 2024? We saw what they could do with Black Lives Matter in all these cities across the whole United States mm. for fucking three months. Four months. Yeah, yeah, it was five forever. months. It's forever, yeah. Look at all the destruction that happened in all these big cities. Mm-hmm. Now let's magnify let's let's quadruple that. Let's ten times that. This is what it'll be. Is Trump officially running? I don't again? know, but it doesn't matter. You put the put any fucking well, I mean I don't put anybody, but I guess I guess it, the biggest reaction would be Trump. From them, you know, mm-hmm. but I think you'd get as equal with a DeSantis. Yeah. If you, if, if they got you pick the Republican, you know, that was right. going to replace Biden or whatever. And it was their guy, like a Bush, Clinton, Bush, you know, bullshit that we got to deal with for Pence. 15 or 16 years. Then, and they controlled it. Yeah. We wouldn't see the, as big of an issue. What I'm saying is if Trump, I mean, he's done everything but say I'm rerunning. Mm-hmm. He's done every other thing you would do if you're rerunning. So if he doesn't, I think it will be shocking. Uh, but I think there's enough 
there's enough other people that, you know. Right. Point is, are we ready for how they're going to react? It, it, it will be the temper tantrum of all temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. But it's not, think of the, you've probably thrown a temper tantrum at some point in your life. You've seen oh, yeah. brother, sister, you've seen other kids throw temper tantrums in Walmart. You've seen temper tantrums. Now, triple, quadruple, make it so such big of a temper tantrum with these activists, these organizations, Antifa, BLM, whatever bullshit they ramp up. From all these non-profits and all these things, there mm-hmm. are there are enough people out there. Think about the twenty million that voted for Biden, right. that are probably not changing their mind, not because they like Biden, but because they hate Trump, and they believe we're the bad guy. We're the bad guy. We're the crazy ones. Yeah. It doesn't matter that we're the majority. Mm-hmm. They're these fucking. You see them. Just walking, or you can see these people oh, yeah. every day with their yeah. fucking weird colored hair, their pronouns, their genders, their uh, bullshit. There, you can you can look at these people and see how they dress and look and present themselves. I mean, they're not stable. These are all these people have a mental illness, mm-hmm. and they ramp these people up through all their social medias and all the stuff that they. Feed them, and like they said in the film, they keep them ignorant. Yep. Just enough to be able to do their bidding for them. And it will be, it will be, not to discourage anybody, but Jesus Christ, I think it will be worse than what we had with the George Floyd riots. I think so, too. I think they'll they'll start, like, fucking blowing up and shooting up oh, fucking yeah. uh, voting places. I, I think you, you they will have to intimidate. Mm-hmm. I mean... We could literally sit here. It's interesting because when you get groups of people together and they like brainstorm these things, they call them think tanks. Mm-hmm. And that's partly why, partly why this is named that, but also, you know, right. we're throwing truth bombs out there. So like, but we could sit here and basically right now predict all the shit they're probably going to do. Over the next four or five months, and then in a year and a half from now, leading up to that election, yeah. all the stuff they're going to do, and every single one of them will come true. Because Probably. we go back and look at the shit they did before, but you're, what you got to do is you you got to amplify those things now because they will be they will get bigger. They they'll be more whatever they. They follow the same playbook. That's mm-hmm. the thing. They're, once you figure out the playbook, it's easy to figure out what they're going to do. It's just what order and where. Right. Yeah, and they just did a remake of Sandy Hook. So what was after Sandy Hook? Vegas? Mm. Vegas was a few years later. But so we got the Boston. I mean, we got the Boston don't be fake surprised. If, well, you'll probably have some marathon something or other. Mm-hmm. There will probably be another concert shoot up. Mm-hmm. Or shot up, rather. Uh, I mean, you'll see a repeat of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. And every in a future episode, we'll get into that whole Texas thing because there's some interesting stuff with MK Ultra with that that I've come across. Oh, okay. So, but this is what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to ramp up mass shootings. When we're not getting over with our abortion bullshit, 
what's next? Well, let's get back to the fucking guns because, you know what I mean? Did you see the meme about guns? No. The wrong show. Well, let's, no, no, let's, no. It's not a funny meme. It's... I'm not talking about funny. I, I'm talking about weird. Let's get back to, like, the film here. We'll do... Okay. We're going to do, like, the Texas and all. We'll do that another thing. Okay, I got you. You know what I mean? Let's just... Let's not get down a rabbit hole yeah, yeah, and go yeah, yeah. a whole different and do another fucking four hours. Let's... Yeah. Let's finish with this. So we obviously have, what, three minutes left here? Two minutes? I'm sure it's just whatever. Yeah, it's just whatever. This is not much, much else. Okay, so maybe we don't need to play anything. But... I guess that's that's where it's concerning to me that we've gotten to this point in this country that we're so divided, but the divide is so uneven. Mm-hmm. Yet you have, the, because of the illusion of what the media has portrayed, that the majority is the left when it's not the majority. And... It's so, like, when I tell people this, they look at me like, you're, you're fucking, come on. Come mm-hmm. on, Republicans don't have the majority. Bullshit. You have to, you have to disconnect yourself from what you've fucking seen and heard. Yeah, because it's all bullshit. And understand that that's not real. I don't care. If you go watch David Copperfield do magic tricks. There's nothing supernatural about what he's doing. Right. You know going into it, he's a magician. He's tricking you. You know that. Mm-hmm. And you walk away, oh, he's the greatest magician. Or he's, you know, he's just amazing. But you know it was bullshit. So why can't you watch the fucking news, watch the TV, knowing it's bullshit? Right. It's programming. It's entertainment. What the fuck is wrong with people? But that's, and this is, this is even people that are Republicans. This mm-hmm. is people that are, not even just the Republicans, that they can see all the other bullshit, but they can't accept or or figure out that that we're the majority. Because there's enough mainstream media hitting them that makes them think we're not. No, we're the overwhelming majority. There are more people that agree with what we're saying on this podcast right now and what's in this film and what we've been talking about with a lot of this stuff there, there is, I would say it's closer to 75 to 80 fucking percent of the population in this country agree with us. But you would never know it mm-hmm. because of what's portrayed out there. It doesn't fit their narrative. So they're not going to tell you that. It's frustrating. That, and it's amazing that the mainstream still has that much. It's not even mainstream. When I say mainstream, I'm talking about social media, the, the news or the... the right. ESPN, just everything you watch. Focus them down. See who fucking owns them. They're all owned by the same fucking little group. So almost every channel you watch has, it it funnels into everything. Okay. There is nothing that you read, watch, hear, whatever, that isn't being some sort of narrative thrown at you. Mm -hmm. And it will all put you in the mindset to make you think that if you support Trump or whatever, you're in the minority. Something's wrong with you. Just know, you're not in the minority. There is nothing wrong with you. That this is all being funded to try and fuck with you, brainwash you into making you think you're alone. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you're alone and you feel like you're the one fish in this giant sea that thinks the wrong way? Fear. 
Yep. What did they say in the film, Dave, about yeah. fear? Until you get past the fear, you won't ever be free. Boom. That's how you end the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing the movie. to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes, and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the Detour Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method, and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. 
So there I am in my car, listening to shitty music. And I ask myself the tough questions. Why am I listening to the same song over and over again when I could be listening to the D2R Podcast Network? And is it true that he who smelt it dealt? And why the fuck did the chicken cross the road? And what the hell is on Joey's head? Hey, I wonder if Yoko Ono saw yesterday, today. I wonder if tomorrow was yesterday. Rockford reference. The D2R Podcast Network. Live for today. Or yesterday.